Ferguson. I'm your host, Matt LePan, and we are continuing our discussion on state water heaters. Yesterday, we had a great introduction to state water heaters with Chris Gould from Urel, and Chris is back today. And Chris, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to Tech Talk for the first time today. We get to nerd out and get into the technical stuff. Hi, Matt. Thank you for having me. Excited to start to do a little light dive into you know, all things state and some of our components that make us unique to state. So thank you for having me. We're excited to have you on again. And again, we're doing this throughout the entire month of February, folks. So set those alerts up Wednesday and Thursday, all month, we're going to be talking state water heaters and we're going to talk plenty state water heaters as we continue down the line as well. There's a lot to cover and we're just kind of giving you the intro here. But as Chris mentioned today, we're getting into kind of the technical introduction getting into the guts of what makes a state water heater a state water heater because there's a lot of options out there and some of these technical components are going to be the difference on whether you go with state or you go with something else obviously we want you to go with state and chris what would you say is kind of the you know the leading thing that you would put up there on a technical end one of these technical features that state is most proud of and and kind of puts out into the forefront for our contractors I would certainly say our blue diamond glass coating. That's what we coat the inside of our tanks, both residentially and commercially with. It is proprietary to uh, state. We have other versions thereof that don't have the proprietary components that we use, that we, uh, we do resell. But the reality behind it is that the blue diamond coating is unique in that uh, it's what makes us non-corrosive. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's what protects the tank, and that's, what, that's really the reality behind the longevity of any of our tanks. You know, how we coat it, how we procure it, how we, um, you know, also pitch it, because there's a lot of confusion in the, in the market nowadays. We're, we're often being pinned against uh, stainless steel. Is it uh, state glass lining or stainless steel? And people... They hear that word stainless and they, they think immediately that's superior, but what grade is stainless? What level? You know, stainless is an alloy. It's by default because it is man-made. It's, it's brittle. And a lot of, you know, we've toyed with that idea and don't think that's really the solution to it. So, you know, we stick to the glass coating specifically. It's, it's a patented phrase word called blue diamond. And the reality behind it is a lot of people confuse is, Think about it in terms of what it actually is. It's glass. Mm -hmm. So glass in itself, that's inert to all minerals. So by coating our our carbon steel tanks with glass that, you know, and and the proprietary part is how do we we involve tank flex? Because all tanks flex regardless of, you know, the level of, of thermal expansion we have. They all flex and our glass coating is designed to flex also. So, you know, kind of the harder thing to understand is glass is kind of like an alloy, like stainless, that you think it's very brittle and that you flex and it would just roll in immediately. That's not true. That's the proprietary part of our, our lining. And, you know, the glass lining is what protects us entirely from corrosion. And the reality behind that is we coat our tanks after the welding process. So 
you know, you have a tank and then you say, okay, I have a blank. What am I going to make out of it? How many tappings, how many bungs are going to be in this tank? Is it a storage tank? Is it an electric water heater? Is it a gas water heater with side outlets? Is it, you know, we'll, we'll make that tank into what it's, it's going to ultimately turn out to be. But what's the weakest part of making a tank is the welds. So, you know, the fact that we weld in all of the bungs and the threaded outlets and then coat the tank with our glass lining, the welds are now by default protected themselves from the basic acid being water and, and corrosion. So that we see time and time again, you know, we, we competitively and uh, we'll purchase other manufacturers' products and see how they're lining them or, or maybe not lining them. Uh, you know, we, we don't talk about our, our competition out, out loud per se, but under our breath. <laughs> um, <laughs> We'll, we'll cut them apart and you'll see things like glass linings in tanks, but they're in the tank and they're not covering their welds, you know, so they, they did that process prior. We pride ourselves in lining the tanks after post making the outlets in the bungs, which uh, lead to welding. So that would be the, the biggest and foremost feature that protects the, the tanks. And that is uh, in our, you know, it, it's a finalized process. Really neat. If anyone could ever, it's something I stare at every time I'm down at the factory. But we fill that tank up with that slurry. We automation, you know, automatically rotate the tank. So you're kind of like shaking the tank, making sure it's it's covering everything. We'll rotate the tank. We take the uh, the the plugs out. We drain it, the excess glass, back into the the hot slurry, and uh, hang it. Quite literally, almost like it's laundry. Uh, and we'll bake it and we'll dry it on there and off it goes to the next phase. So neat process, certainly an important process. Uh, we developed and, and, and invented the process in 1957 um, and it still stand, stands true today to, to the same basic process. So that's the, the biggest and foremost kind of feature we stand behind for corrosion resistance. And that's what you want to hear in any of these things, right? We talk about it when we talk about some of our, our HVAC product lines of this is the person who's been doing it the longest, they invented the process. This glass coating is a state process since the 50s. They've been doing it the right way for all those years, and it works. These are long-lasting, and the fact that they wait until after everything is welded and cut and all of that, you're not getting any of these extra weak points in the glass. And that's, you know, the, the ability for that glass to be coating everything and protecting everything and the ability to flex with the tank because like Chris said the, the tank's going to flex and you know the the idea of looking at you know everybody thinks they're looking at a window and it's going to flex it's like well no that's not exactly the process it's done very differently so don't think of it in in that way because you know Chris you had mentioned it they hear stainless steel and they think oh that's that's better well, why is it better? Because it's on your fridge and it's on your it's on the outside of your stove and all that. That doesn't make it better just because you're more familiar with it. This process you know, is great. You know how many grills I've purchased in my life that are stainless steel and then a year later they're rusting mm -hmm. on the deck. Yep. You know, that's that's four hundred series high carbon stainless. So it's you know, stainless is is a word that we kind of misuse in our misuse in our industry per se. Uh beyond that, you know, it when we get into some of our component side of things, we lean on our, our parts manufacturing facility, which is an OEM facility that not only makes parts for us, but they make parts for other 
you know, companies worldwide. It's a separate identity, separate company itself. It's called AppCom, also in Ashland City. And they make all the widgets, all the things that you, you always wonder, you know, where are those uh, upper and lower thermostats made? People commonly, and when they tour the facility, they're blown away to think that, wow, we actually make those thermostats still here. Right in-house. Right in-house, heat traps, uh, anodes. We'll talk about in another show, like we were saying earlier, the science of anodes. We could talk about that for hours. Oh, yeah. Um, but we, we make all of our anodes. We make the sausage link anodes, solid anodes, uh, powered anodes, you know, you name it, aluminum, magnesium, mag zinc, uh, all forms for, uh, of anodes for cathodic protection. So, you know, and there's there's nothing better than not purchasing those type of products third party. So we also have an influence on, you know, if we want to change something. Uh, I mean, anodes haven't changed in God knows how long, but we are actually adding features to our anode systems to cathodically read where the sacrificial part of the anode's at in its lifespan. You know, uh, a big portion of anodes is how often should I check them? Mm-hmm. You know, that's always been the magic question. Well, how caustic is your water? How much hot water do you use at what temperature? Because that's all part of the degrading part of anodes. So, you know, or how hard or how not hard is your water? Is your water acidic? You know, those things come into play. Uh, certainly here in the Northeast, we're, we're more of a high pH market. So uh, we made a conscious decision, which a, a lot of companies don't, to make sure that every single one of your A-item uh, water heaters that are in stock at, at SG are all with magnesium anodes, which are a little more forgiving mm-hmm. to issues with water, you know, cathodically. So, uh, you know, a, a big one would be sulfur. That's a, uh, this time of year, more of a common complaint. Of, I have a new water heater and we have sulfur content in there and it's, it smells like rotten eggs. Magnesium uh, kind of, it, it, it will uh, corrode a little more friendly than aluminum in those situations so we can alleviate that smell. Heat traps, you know, uh, heat traps and then PEX dip tubes. We are the creator of that. It's not ingenious per se after the fact, but dip tubes, the thought process behind them being that they don't bend. Mm. You know, you have water flowing through them and they don't bend or kink. And then the fact that we thought of of using them as a form of, of turbulence in the tank. Because naturally you have a tank and if you're not uh, turbulating the bottom of the tank, you're going to get sediment buildup. Over time, it's going to grow and grow and grow. Um, and that's those materials will settle out in the tanks. We we consciously form the dip tubes so that and, and even put holes in them to make turbulence happen to keep that mineral kind of moving along and not culturing and, and, and piling up in our tanks. Little things that you think aren't that ingenious per se, but they make a big effect in, in terms of longevity. Heat traps, you know, what that is, is, is quite literally just a, a plastic flapper mm-hmm. on, the, on the nipples on our inlet and outlets. Uh, that allow water not to gravity feed or navigate up into the home. Uh, so we're, we're keeping that heat in, in the tank with any, you know, we're trying to reduce heat loss. That comes also, you know, a lot of those will come along with warranty upgrades. And when we do warranty upgrades, we're not just throwing a sticker on the tank per se. Apcom is a big part of the ingenuity of, okay, we sell a warranty upgrade. What are we going to put in there to actually make it last longer? Well, what kills a water heater primarily is the degradation of an anode, 
So we'll put a thicker or a larger anode for a warranty upgrade. And we'll add even secondary anodes that are attached to the, uh, to the inlet nipples uh, that uh, ultimately attach to our dip tubes for cold water to, to shoot down to the bottom of the tank. Dip tubes are important, you know, and that's something that people overlook is dip tubes are important to make sure cold water goes to the bottom and the hot water's on top. Mm-hmm. Again, sounds simple, but until you get those kind of service calls of, well, we might have overheated the nipple today on the cold side soldering wise, and we're getting, we're running out of hot water, you know, soon. All I can mentally, you know, kind of picture that and they, they show me and they, you will, you'll have a dip tube just floating in a tank. That doesn't help the striation of cold to hot water. Those things there, you know, the self-cleaning portion, we invented that. Again, it, after the fact, it doesn't sound that intuitive, but it's, it's as simple as us having uh, different kind of little holes on our dip tube system to keep that turbulence in the tank, keep the minerals moving so that they carry through on the hot outlet side. We don't want them building up and in, uh, insulating the heat source that we're we're using to heat the tanks, whether it's, you know, a, a burner plate or elements or what have you. Yeah, the self-cleaning one is, is something where I was kind of going next in that process. First off, which models usually include the self-cleaning? And, you know, you talk about how the, the dip tube is, is having the holes on to keep everything moving. But can you go a little deeper into kind of the, the turbo coil design and the, you know, the, the PEX cross-length polymer as well? Yep. So the, the turbo coil design was something that we actually, it was a, a patented system. Um, mind my negligence if I'm wrong on that, but I'm, I'm 99% sure that was a patented system. And that that was designed to for primarily for our commercial tank systems. You know, years ago, we didn't have direct vent commercial water heaters, not that long ago. You know, we go 25 years ago, that wasn't something we talked about. And atmospherically, we'd have burner plates. So it's just a standard atmospheric water heater. You've got a burner plate underneath, kind of like the stove effect. So we're, we're cooking hot water, we're boiling hot water per se. And what would be a big problem is heat transfer. So over the years, naturally we, you know, as we uh, would warranty a water heater or take a look at a water heater and cut it open, we would see a scale buildup, right? So we, we've got limestone, magnesium or zinc, building up and that naturally wants to form towards a heat source and pile on top uh, minerals that would settle out in the tank. So we came up with a a turbo coil design, which basically is kind of a dip tube system that has holes directionally drilled purposely to bring turbulence Mm -hmm. to the bottom of the tank to keep the minerals and, and realistically the scale help the scale not to form on the bottom of the tank, um, which you know, would help with longevity of the water heaters because what would kill those atmospheric water heaters is not getting heat transfer. Primarily, most of our, our, you know, anything that leads to a premature failure is because of the lack of heat heat transfer occurring. So we would see, you know, and I've seen it many times before, six inches, eight inches of scale buildup in the bottom of a tank that's atmospheric. We're not getting any heat transfer. So you've got that flame burning on the bottom of the tank for years and years, eventually what's it going to do if it's not transferring the heat, it's going to burn through the metal mm-hmm. quite literally. And you're going to have a failure at the bottom of the tank. Like people have, have come to kind of realize or as a common issue. Um, but this design itself helps alleviate that or, or, 
or make it so that it wouldn't pile up and, and build up in the bottom of the tank. That was the, the theory behind it. It's in all of our commercial uh, sandblaster units. And it's in all that system is integrated, not to the, the great extent that it is in our, our commercial sandblasters, but in some form of drilled holes in our, our dip tubes is, is uh, also in, in our residential line. Yeah, and if you can just picture six or eight inches of essentially a rock, try heating through a six or eight inch rock. That's what Chris is talking about. That's when you're going to burn out your tank. So, you know, the the ones that are self-cleaning, like Chris said, doesn't sound like it should be anything. Oh, this is crazy. It is something, and we say this all the time. It's the companies that do the little things right that are the best companies, and that's why we love to partner with the folks at URL and with state and they do all the little things, right? They're OEMing all their parts. They're all in house. So if there's a problem, it's right in house. They can fix it. They don't have to wait for somebody else to go through and fix it. Then they're, they're doing things like creating that longer lasting anode rod. And again, Chris said, we're going to touch on anode rods in a future podcast because we can spend a lot of time on that. They're cognizant of the sediment buildup on the bottom of a tank. They're cognizant on the different types of venting. And again, also one we'll get to later this month is a discussion on venting because that one, we're going to have a lot of fun with that one, but it's, it's one that's very important, but that's a, all, that's a daily call for me. Trust me. Exactly. All, all levels. And so we want to train people, right? We, a lot of folks out there, yes, you've sold water heaters before, but some of you haven't, some of you are just getting into the game or some of you want to switch over to state. We're going to tell you everything you need to know. We got kind of into the guts of it today, right? We introduced the line to you yesterday. Today we got into what makes what makes the guts different, what makes it a better technically sound product. Next week we're going to continue our conversation. We're going to go through the full product line, kind of give you a breakdown, a little bit longer of a podcast, so get yourself ready. Maybe you know, schedule a job that's a little further out so you can listen to the whole thing on the way there. And we're going to get into venting, anode rods. We're going to get into applications, all these different things coming up with Chris, but we want to thank Chris for coming on and discussing all these different topics and for discussing, you know, the technical breakdown of the state water heaters. want to thank all of you out there for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get all of our podcast information, but especially, like I said at the beginning, set your alerts. We're going to be talking water heaters every Wednesday and Thursday here in February, and we'll continue to do it throughout the year. Chris is a great partner. Urel is a great partner, and so state. Make sure to follow along on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. If you're listening here in the month of February, we do have a promotion out with State Water Heater, so go check that out. I've got my State Water Heater jacket I wore today, so it's awesome to partner with those folks, and maybe you can go win yourself one. And as always, catch all of our podcasts right on our website, sgtaurus.com backslash podcast, or click the podcast icon on there. One thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Taurus Time.